morning, everyone. Welcome to the house of the Lord. We're here to um, praise his name and, and learn from him today. And I want to invite everyone to, um, during the service, just be pondering on, on who he is, ponder on who he wants you to be in his name, and ponder on how majestic he is in his creation and how much he cares for us. But um, Awesome. But I just want to go ahead and just say a few, I guess, uh, prerequisites um, to me preaching today. It's just a, a dream come true. Um, obviously, this isn't about me. This isn't about um, what I can say. This isn't about what I've prepared, but really what God can speak um, just through an individual. So I just want to make that disclaimer that you're not going to hear me speak today. You're going to hear God speak today. Um, and also, uh, this has been a dream of mine for quite a while. And at some moments, it felt like it was out of reach. In other moments, it felt like it was um, something that I would be able to obtain. But uh, just know that for me, this is a joy. And um, if I'm not smiling enough, it's because I'm nervous. <laughs> just, you know, just know that. But I'm definitely excited to uh, be before you today and um, share God's word. Um, also, I just want to introduce uh, the uh, message today. And the title I'll be giving this sermon is A Great God plus a small people, meaning us, his people, equals a great God. A great God plus a small people equals a great God. And what I want to initiate through that title is simply that God is great regardless if he has us or not. God is great whether, um, you know, we're, we're in obedience to him or not. God is great in, in himself. He's self-sustaining. He is majestic in what all he's done. He's created the heavens and the earth, the, the stars and the skies, the trees, the animals, everything. And he's given the intelligence to build buildings and all these things, but he is a great God in himself. He doesn't need us to be great. Um, but also, I just want to bring to your attention, um, I want you to start for a quick second. Think of uh, some big celebrity names that you might know of or that you might be fond of in today's world. A few celebrity names. Um, I have here... Uh, Michael Jordan, Galileo, Italian um, scientist who came up with the view of the, let me pronounce this correctly, heliocentric view, meaning that he brought forth the view of that the sun was in the center. If you came up with that and you're the first to come up with that, you're pretty, pretty important, right? Also have Aristotle, a Greek philosopher, some great thoughts. People like to quote him all the time, right? But all these, you know, celebrities or big names in the world, Michael Jordan, you know, a lot of us, I'm sure, like basketball, at least those that are going to go this afternoon to, to play some basketball. We understand that he's won so many rings. He did it all with uh, one team. He might have tried out to play baseball, didn't work out, but he was still a pretty awesome celebrity. But in the midst of these great people and their great thought, their intelligence, their skill, they're still not known around the world as Jesus is. Jesus today, you can ask anyone, and they might have a miss interpretation of who he is. They might have a, uh, a skewed view of who he is. They might just say he was a good prophet. He was a good teacher. But they still know who Jesus, they've heard the name of Jesus, right? But around the world, there's people that don't care who Michael Jordan is. There's people that don't care who Galileo has never heard of him. But yet, we could stand here today and say our great God sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for you and me. And that's what we're going to dive into now is simply that in comparison to these great names that we might know and we might like to see on the television and hear about in books and stuff, 
that none of them compared to the name of Jesus Christ. And none of them compared to um, our Lord and Savior. So we're going to be reading from Psalm 8. And the reason I chose this is simply to be a reminder to you and I of the splendor of God. Sometimes I get so caught up in the routine of life um, in simple uh, just day-to-day routine, and I forget about the splendor, the majestic creation of God. Although we see it every day, it might just be something that we take for granted or that I take for granted at times, and that's in his creation. That's in, in the beauty of, of different individuals. That's in the beauty of just what he's done in our lives. But we need to be reminded, I need to be reminded continuously of the splendor of God. And I want you to think of these quick things real quick. Uh, That was a tongue twister. Uh, How can God, who cares for us, also be a God of such power? How can it be that that we even matter to God? In all his creation, how can it be that God cares so much about you and I? In the beauty, if we were to step outside right now, and see just the beautiful day that we're living in today? How is it that God cares so much about you and I? Well, we're about to learn that and dive into Psalm 8. So let's, uh, let's say a word of prayer, and then we'll dive into the scripture. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for just allowing us to be here with you, and um, thank you for meeting us here and um, allowing us to just be before you, your presence. Thank you for uh, allowing us the privilege of worshiping you with freedom, worshiping you with um, a clear conscience and a clear mind, Lord God, that um, we're able to come before you, Lord God. Thank you for allowing the, the veil to be broken and allowing us to simply come before you and, and approach your throne, God. You don't neglect us. You don't push us away. But, Lord, in the, in the name of Jesus, we're able to come before you and, um, and glorify you and also hear from you and ask of you certain requests in our prayers and just praises, God. We thank you for today. We ask you to be with um, me as I prepare to preach uh, Psalm 8, Lord God, be in our hearts, in our minds, Lord God, allow us to hear from you and not from me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So let's read the word, and we'll dive into um, what God has to share. So if you could turn to Psalm 8, if you haven't already. I hope you brought your Bibles, and if it's on a cell phone, that's fine, tablet, or if it's in paper, that's cool too. Or manuscript, sure, you can roll that out too. Um, but let's read the word. I hope everyone has, has it open. If not, look at the screen. Um, let's read Psalm 8, verse 1. O Lord, our, Lo- our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Verse 3. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? Again, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with the glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands, and you put everything under his feet, all the flocks and the herds and the beasts of the field and the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Amen. So I'm, get, I'm pretty sure you can understand where, where I'm getting at with today or what God wants to teach us is to remind him of the splendor. And there are three distinctives I would love to share with you today that one, that one ought to know in how God orchestrates his relationship with you and I. Uh, the first distinctive is 
the universe is in the palm of God's hand. The second distinctive is we are cherished in the palm of God's hand. And the third is we are crowned along with Jesus. And I'll go, I'll keep uh, repeating those throughout the sermon. But the first distinctive, let's go back to that, is the universe is in the palm of God's hand. And a few mentions here, if you look at verse 1, it says, Our Lord, oh, or, oh Lord, our Lord. Well, what's the difference there? Why is it repeated twice? Why is one put in all caps? Why is one put in just the L um, uppercase and the rest lowercase? What does that mean? We can start right there. Lord in all caps is Jehovah, the existing one. That's what it means. Is as creator, creator of all things, Jehovah, the existing one. And then Lord, with capital L, lowercase O-R-D, is master, king, governor, the one who rules, the one who um, rules on earth. So here, I want to introduce David here. This could have been his first, one of the first psalms he, he ever wrote. He could have been in the field, tending to the sheep, you know, the shepherd, David. He could have been tending to the sheep under the night sky and just been pondering on just the greatness of God. And here we find him proclaiming God to be Lord and Lord, Jehovah, the existing one, as well as the creator, as well as master, king, governor, ruler of his own life. So that's where we're taking, uh, that's what we're understanding today, is that David is introducing and praising God for his splendor, his majestic creation as both creator and ruler of his life. Continuing, I want to I want to introduce you guys, well, to you guys, it's not really an, an introduction. A lot of you have children. A lot of you have um, grandchildren. And I want, I'm sure you guys can understand a lot more than I can, but I can understand because I had a father and a mother, and I still do. But they provided everything I needed as a child, right? And I'm sure you all provided everything that you can to the best of your ability for your children, for your grandchildren, for those that you love, right? How much more does God love us if we're able to love for, if you're able to love your children, if my parents are able to love me and my siblings so much? If today you, you've clothed your children, you've given them something to eat in the morning, or you did at one point, maybe they're um, out of the house by now, but still, remember back to the time that you were able to clothe, bathe, clean, I know, uh, we've all, we all been there, right? Um, clean our children and just take care of them and, and really raise them up in the house of the Lord and also mold them into the people that, we, that you wanted them to be. And that's, that's the case for my parents, too, is that they were taking care of me, even when I didn't want to take a bath, guess what? Threw me in the shower, took me a shower, made me take a shower. The moments I was dirty, the moments I was sad, they brought comfort. How much more has God comforted us when as human beings, his creation, we're able to comfort each other, comfort our, or you're able to comfort your little ones. My parents were able to comfort me and bring uh, um, stability to my life. So just as you have been able to parent your children, through clothes, food, instruction, advice. How much more does God do that with us? But at times we don't always pay attention to that. And also, I want you guys to think, because we're speaking of David here, or his psalm, what about a sheep in the fields and how David was most likely tending to them? One would run off, he would go chase it, bring it back. They needed food, take them to a fresh pasture to eat. 
Just as David was taking care of the sheep, that's how David, or God was taking care of David in this time. And that's how God takes care of us. God, or David is exalting God as both Lord and Lord, as we covered. Everyone knows God's name. There's evidence in creation. And just as, and the reason I bring up that illustration is because that is evidence of how much God cares for us. And I want to share this with you. A relationship with God begins with accepting him as God over all things, creation, and God of your life, which leads to accepting his son as Savior. God reigns over all things, and yet he deeply desires to reign over our lives as a loving father. So in the instance of David saying, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. David has accepted God as creator and also Lord of his life. That's the first distinctive, and that was the universe is in the palm of God's hand. All his creation is in his palm. Second distinctive is we are cherished in the palm of God's hand. Everything is in the palm of God's hand, but now we're going to talk about how we're cherished in the palm of God's hands. But also, let's not get big-headed here. God doesn't need us for anything, but yet he desires to be with us. He desires to, to, come, uh, to take care of us, provide for us, and to guide us into a new life, and that's in his son, Jesus Christ. But again, second distinctive is we are cherished in the palm of God's hand. And um, just for reviewing purposes, let's reread verses 2 through 4. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Verse 3, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? So verse 2 right away, again, talking about children, talking about families and how God has ordained the family for a specific reason and how the way we orchestrate in our families today reflect how God takes care of us. But also in verse 2. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. When a, when a baby is born, hopefully, what do they do? Cry, correct? They're crying and wailing. That itself is bringing praise to God. That is, that is life. That is what God created in the womb and now is being birthed. And now the, the cry of a child is bringing praise to God because he, again, he created all things. He created all things. So that's why it says, you have ordained praise. God created that for the instance of bringing praise to his name. Following that, I want to share with you that children praise and trust God without limits. Right? I'm sure at one point in, in time you were having the biggest dreams of your life as a three-year-old, two-year-old, even maybe up until maybe you were 14, 13. Right? I used to dream that I was going to be um, a dream shortly lived. Um, <laughs> I was dreaming that I, I would be a flight surgeon in the military until I realized my capacity in class wasn't all that great. But God has a plan, right? But what dream did you have as a kid? Or what dream does your children, what, what dream does your children have? Do your children have? Are they wanting to be a firefighter? Do they want to be an astronaut? Are they, are they, um, learning about God today in church, and are they saying, like, God's so great, and does their faith inspire you? Or have you come across a young person or a, a little, I call them little boppers because they're just hopping around all the time, a little bopper, do they motivate you to seek God in the same way they do? Do they motivate you to trust God in the way they do? Because they're like, I remember one moment, 
I was uh, hanging out with this family, um, friends of, of my mom, and I was just playing with this little kid, uh, forgive me, I forget his name, Joseph, I believe, and, um, you know, I've noticed that if I call them sir, little, a little boy sir, they, they tend to kind of stand taller and uh, uh, like that. They enjoy being called sir. Yes, sir. What do you need, sir? You want a little uh, sippy cup? Here you go, sir. You know, and they enjoy that. But I remember one time I even went as far to, like, bow down and say, yes, master, and as, as a joke to this little kid. And he says, we only bow to God. And I was like, oh, I was taken back by that. And I ended up going to his mom and saying, he has strong faith. Oh, yeah, he loves reading the word on his own. And when he doesn't understand something, he comes to me. But that took me back because although I'm not over here bowing to whatever I see, even as a simple joke to a young kid, he knew the worth of a bow was, no, we only bow to God. We only bow our knees. We only bow our heads to God. And that took me back. But that being said, how much can we be influenced by a child's praise to God and also their trust in God? We might find ourselves as we get older, as I have myself, to trust God less because we're becoming smarter, more knowledgeable of the world. Or we're, we're starting to praise God less. But I want to challenge you to return back to the, the faith of a child to where they, they trust in God so much that they're not, putting, they're not banking on anything else but God. Or they, they're, they're trusting in his love so much. And how much more can we learn from a child? Also, in verse three, 3 and 4, even in God's splendor, God cares for us. He provides health, family, jobs, shelter, encouragement, comfort, motivation, and most of all, and best of all, salvation. In all this splendor, in all that God has created, he has provided what we need for this life. There's this um, musical artist that I really enjoy. Um, he's a rapper. <gasps> no, he listens to rap. But he's a Christian rapper. Okay, we're all at peace. Um, and one of his lyrics, I'm not going to rap for you. That's not, that's not what I do. But one of his lyrics is this phrase that says, all from the Lord, all for the Lord. And since I heard that song, it's kind of been a, a non-biblical motivation and model for my life. I love, I have life verses, but this as a, like a simple phrase, a model for my life, I love to live out is all from the Lord, all for, all for the Lord, meaning that everything that we have in our life, everything that we have possessed or, or spiritually have gained knowledge or spiritual um, strength has come from God. Your salvation obviously has come from God. So in return to what everything he's done in your life, we're able to say, I'm going to do everything for God's glory. Because he's given me this, now I'm going to give him this. Because he's allowed me the strength and the knowledge and the um, health that I have, I'm now going to live out my life in return and glorify him. All, all from the Lord, all for the Lord. And here David is giving praise to God for the position man holds in creation. As it says in um, verses 3 and 4, or excuse me, 4, what is man that you are mindful, in, mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? In all creation, like I asked you at the beginning to start thinking about, why does God care so much about us? And just in Sunday school with Max and, and Jacob, we, what was brought up to the discussion was, 
the idea of how small we are in comparison to the universe. If we look out this window, oh, excuse me, through this wall, out the window, you see the blue sky, the clouds. What's further than that? Space. What's further than that? The stars, miles and miles and miles away, the planets, and whatever else is out there, right? In all that grand splendor, God is meeting with us today in this church and is able to meet with us when we're praying at home or when we're uh, uh, in sadness and discomfort in all this struggle that we might be passing through sometimes. Think of the universe, and yet he cares for you. He cares for me. He cares for all of us, and he's here today, and that's beautiful. God decided to make mankind in his own image. You guys know Genesis 1.27, that God created us in his image. Not the trees, not the animals, not the stars, but us in his own image. And that's beautiful. And I always like to provide an application. Well, in response to how we're cherished in the palm of God and how much he cares for us in the midst of all this, un- this giant universe, how can we live today in response to that? And that's live out one's faith in a way that gives back to God because he has given us so much. And I want to ask you today, it might be challenging, and uh, a brother told me before I preached, said, step on our toes this morning. Well, here you go. In what way have you given back to God? In what way have you given back to God? And at times I find myself in situations where, like, you know, I haven't given much. I don't feel like I've given much of anything to God. But I'm asking and reminding myself as well, what have we given back to God And that's how, and when we act upon that in response to his great splendor and how much he cares for us, then we're living out our faith in Jesus Christ and giving back to God what is his. This isn't a sermon about tithing, by the way, I promise. And I'll let Pastor David preach those. Um, He's probably listening, too. Um, So, yeah, even in the beauty of all creation, God chooses to care for us. Now, the third distinctive is we are crowned along with Jesus. And if you didn't catch the first two, the first was the universe is in the palm of God's hand. Second distinctive is we are cherished in the palm of God's hand. And third, that we're going to begin is we are crowned along with Jesus. We are crowned along with Jesus. And for that, I want to reread verses 5 through 8. Verse 5. You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. Speaking of Jesus. Verse 6, you made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all the flocks and the herds. And the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Amen. Exalting, David here is exalting God for his order in creation. Are we attentive to what God has done in creation? Have we even pondered on the thought of how great his plan is for this universe? The order of time, space, matter, all these things. And within all that, God has given us a place. Don't want to get big-headed here, but he has given us an important responsibility. And that's to care for creation. And he, he cares about us so much, he placed his image in us. But also, better than that, He cares about us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you and I. And I want to share a quick illustration with you. um, 
one that's very personal to me that I enjoyed while growing up was um, my father is a dentist. He was a dentist for 22 years um, in the Air Force, and I had the privilege and the honor to live as one of his dependents. <laughs> God bless me with that. And um, I was often able to walk into his clinic at whatever time of day and say, what's up? You know, but I would walk in and I noticed very quickly that, you know, the other people, and he was in charge of this clinic um, uh, towards the end of his career. He was, in, uh, I guess, uh, I'm, the verbiage or the term is slipping my mind, but he was simply in charge of the clinic, right? And I would walk in, you know, right behind my dad, just like not a care in the world. I just finished probably playing soccer, smelled pretty bad. And I'm walking in, I'm just walking behind my dad, and I'm just biggest smile, and I'm just enjoying the day. Get to be at work with my dad or just stop in and visit, sit in his office for a little bit. But I noticed very quickly that everyone else wasn't smiling. And if they were, it was a quick smile and then back to work, right? Because not that they were scared of my dad, but that they had a high esteem and respect because that was their boss. But I noticed very quickly that I was, the things I would do in the office and things I would say, like, I would, I would dab up my dad. And what that means is I'll give him a cool handshake and I'll say, all right, see you, dad. And people will look at me just like, he did not. He just dabbed up Mr. Palmer, Dr. Palmer. And I noticed very quickly that and the reason I'm saying that is because in the space where my dad worked, in his office, I was giving access to, and I simply didn't know the, the weight, and I didn't know the reality of what I was walking into. Everything my dad had, all the access that he had in the, in the clinic, on, on base, I had an ID, but it had my picture on it, but it had my dad's name. That's the only way I had access into the base, into the clinic, all that sort. So I, as a kid, I didn't re realize what I had access to until I got older, and I was like, can't. I'm going to be very upset when I turn 23 because that's when my dependency ends and I have no more access to anything and I'm a real adult. And that happened three years ago and it was very sad. And if my sister's listening, I think she shed a tear when it happened. She's a year older than me. I used to make fun of her like, haha, you're no longer a dependent. A year later, it was me and I'm like, oh. And that means health care. That means access onto base and all the other luxurious things they might have on a military base, at least for Air Force. Um, I call us the Chair Force. <clears throat> um, but uh, that being said, do you have any knowledge of what you have access to because of what your father has done and who he is and how he's created the universe? So as a child, I didn't have any recollection. I didn't really understand. I was like, well, this is life. This is how you live it. Here's a cool card with my picture on it, and here we go. You know, I have access to everything and cool stuff, bowling alley, commissary, all this awesome stuff, right? But are you attentive? Do you know the access that you have into the kingdom of heaven through your father who sent his son to die on the cross for you? Do you know the access that you have into a new life? Because sometimes we go day to day as myself, and I forget the blessings that it is to be a child of God, the blessing that it is. Not that we're held more important than everyone else, but simply that we've responded to God, and we're now in relationship with him, and we often forget I often forget what a blessing it is to be a child of God. So I want to remind you today in verse 4, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? 
in the midst of all this, you have access into God's kingdom. You have access into his power, into his pleasure, into his mercy and grace. Have you responded to that yet? And maybe this is a, a day that you're, you're hearing this for the first time or you're being reminded of it for the first time in a, in a while. And if that's the case, I want to encourage you to respond to the access that you have in Jesus Christ and your father who takes care of you in the midst of this great creation. Again, application. Walk in the confidence of having a cherished position in the eyes of God the Father. When he ha- what he has is yours. What he has finished is stamped in your name as well. First in the name of Jesus, but also your name is written there too. Whatever is, you know, a fresh document, you know, you need a license, you need a, a, a clearing document, Jesus Christ is up there, but... Your name is stamped on that too because what is his is now yours. The new life that Jesus rose to is now yours. We take, the, we take on the position of Jesus Christ when we place our faith in God's grace through, his sacrifice of, through the sacrifice of his son. We have been crowned with Christ. And remember the title of this distinctive is we are crowned along with Jesus. That what, what God has done Now, because we have new life in Christ, we're able to do as well. And I want to share a verse with you real quick. It's Galatians 2.20. And I'm sure um, a lot of us know, but it says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. We no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So as you see, it mentions us, but really it's all about Christ. Everything that Christ has done is now us. I have been crucified with Christ. The life I now live is lived in Christ. I want to bring you back to um, verses 1 and 9. And it could be that David was just intelligent and very poetic in his writing. The revelation that was given to him by God. But if you see, O Lord, our Lord is at the beginning in verse 1 as well as verse 9. God is the beginning and the end. The Alpha and the Omega. The Creator God. O Lord, Creator of all. Our Lord, Master of our lives. I want to remind you of that today. And I want to take you back to the example of a shepherd and the sheep. Just as a shepherd takes care of the sheep and goes and runs after one of the sheep, how much more does God care for us and do the same when we start to drift off? Whether it's in a major way or whether it's in a minimal way. God doesn't, do you think David, when he was a shepherd, went to go grab the sheep and just grabbed the whip and started whipping it? Sheep can't defend himself. But the shepherd, David, went to possibly grab the sheep, bring them in. And in the midst of being a shepherd, in the midst of taking care of the flock, He saw the splendor of God in creation and how much he cared for those sheep. He understood God cared for him. He looked up to the heavens and said, who am I that you care for me? Who am I that you look after me? Who am I that you give me the financial stability, the the food to eat, the clothes on my back, the family that loves me? Who are we for God to care for us? What can we offer God? Filthy rags, right? But yet God decides to care for us. And if I'm repeating, it's because I know I need to be reminded of it, and we all need to be reminded of it.
So one more time to go over the distinctives, because I, like I like repetition. Um, the first distinctive is the universe is in the palm of God's hand. We are cherished in the palm of God's hand, and we are crowned along with Jesus. What is done in Jesus' name is also something that we have access to and in relationship to the Father. That being said, are you, in, are you living in realization of God's majesty, whether it's in your individual life or in the splendor of the universe? Are you aware of how little you are and how great God is? But yet, he cares for you. He is remarkable, astounding, and notable. There's so much to say about God, but do we ponder on that enough? Do I ponder on that enough? That in the midst of all this good, battling with bad, the great things that we might experience in life, what, what, what time of life are you passing through? Are you just graduating high school? Are you just getting to high school? Are you passing through a time where your children have left? Are you passing through a time where your children feel distant, where you, they're grown and doing their own thing, and you're just trying to keep a hold of the whole family? Are you enjoying the, the company of your grandchildren? Are you enjoying the company of a new church? What's your, what experience are you in right now? But whatever you're going through, God cares for you. Again, he is remarkable, astounding, and notable. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the sentence that simply screams, God cares. God provides. God loves us. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What is man that you are mindful of him? Christ died for us. What is man that you are mindful of him? Christ died for us. If there's any way that God could have provided everything that we need today, it was in that, that Christ died for us. That is the best way that God has cared for us in sending his son to be crucified for you and I. And I just want to share with you, if this is the first time you've heard of uh, Jesus dying on the cross or God providing in such a way for you in the midst of such beautiful creation, in the splendor of this huge universe, and we're in this building in Rocky Mount, praising his name, yet he cares for you. And I want to invite you to be in relationship with this creator but the only way that you can be in relationship with this creator is if you do one thing, and that's accept Jesus as Lord over your life and Lord over all, as your sa Savior. Because he died on the cross for you, as um, Romans 5, 8 said. So you accept that he has died on the cross for you. He accept, you accept that he died for you and that he created you for his purpose. Again, remember, he created you in his image. So it starts with that, to become... to. Come in relationship with God, it's accept, believe, and confess. Accept that he did this work on the cross for you and I, or for you. Believe and have faith. Put your faith in him and live for him. And when you believe this, you're given a new life. And when you believe in this splendor that he, who, in who he is, being astonishing, being notable, you then confess what you confess that you are a sinner and confess that you need his saving grace. Because we can't save each other, you can't save yourself, only Jesus Christ can save us. And if you would like to discuss this at some point in time, 
please pull myself or any other um, adult here in church to talk about that. But let's have a word of prayer and thank God for his word. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for for caring for us in the midst of creation, in the midst of just what you've made by your hand and by your voice, God. You care for us, God. And Lord, I pray for those that might be hurting and might not be in the midst of remembering how much you care for them, God. May you touch them with your power and with your strength, God. May you bless them with the peace in their hearts and that they may know that you care for them and that you love them, God. And if there's anyone here, Lord God, that has not put their trust in you and accepted your love through your son, may they speak up about it, God, and may they accept you and do a work in their heart, do a work in all of our hearts, God, that we may day-to-day live with thankfulness, with gratitude, but also with the responsibility that because you've done so much for us, Lord, we want to do great things in your name. But Lord, we can't do it alone, Lord God. So I ask you, may you empower us, may you gift us with the strength, with the words to say, with the skill, with the ability, with the peace of mind to do your work in this world, God. For those that are searching and, and, and maybe scraping or even desperate for, to hear from you, God, may you touch their hearts with your love. And remind us on the daily, God, that we are nothing without you, God. That you have made this great universe, but Lord, you still care for us. Little old people, God. Because you are a great God. And plus us equals a great God. And we thank you for today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.